it like lags a little bit. And and now we are live. And now we are live. I was just talking about how the live button lags a little bit. And here we are. So welcome to the P2W Fantasy Podcast here. Uh, changing things up. Kevin and I usually are on a Wednesday, but we got a holiday week coming up here. Uh, reflecting a bit on week 11. And we're actually, uh, we have some good timing because we have another game to end the week here tonight. We got a podcast right before that game. So uh, what's up, guys? Nick Scripp here with my buddy Kevin. Kevin, how are things going? What's up? What's up? They're going well, man. Just enjoying the holiday. And I get the week off. I'm like, I think some of you guys, but I get lucky. So I get a week off. I'm just hanging out, enjoying some time with the family. Uh, my whole family, we're getting over a little cold. So we got some head cold thing going on right now. But uh, it seems to be clearing up. And so just watching some football. And I'm going to enjoy it tonight and hoping Barkley's back. That's that's my goal tonight. Watch Barkley and hopefully he comes back well. He's ready to go. Should be an interesting game. Um, obviously, Tampa... I'm sure is a slight favorite over the Giants. Yeah. Um, and I think I threw this at the the end of the, the show sheet. Um, but do you, do you need anything specific from this game for fantasy? I, I know I personally, so I'm looking. I actually had a team that had Jonathan Taylor who had that massive week. But on the same team, I had Dak Prescott and I had T. Higgins and I had Rashad Bateman. I had just like a mix of guys that didn't do much. Uh, I had Swift and Taylor and Waller do good, but – what I need tonight is Tom Brady to not go absolutely crazy, and I need the Tampa Bay defense not to go absolutely crazy. And I think that it's possible that both of those things happen, so fingers crossed. But what, what about you? I, You know, in reality, I need Mike Evans just to kind of have a Mike Evans blow-up game. Uh, I, would like, I would like that. I appreciate that. I need him to outscore uh, Leonard Fournette in the league, so I need Leonard Fournette not to have a very good game. Um, and then on the flip side, I think I'm playing your, your brother in a league that I that right. I didn't really do very well in, but I'm still up like 30, and he has Daniel Jones and Fournette. So I would I would appreciate Daniel Jones and to have a Dak like game this last this week and uh, just just not do well, Daniel Jones. That would be that would be a good thing for me. I, I hope it happens because this league that you're referencing, um, he's mentioned a couple times like, "Have you seen my team in this league? Like, do you do you <laughs> see what my record is?" So I hope I hope he. I hope he takes the L this week because I'm sick of hearing about it. Um, it's going to be close. It, 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 you know, I, I definitely – we have the same record, me and your brother. And uh, I just – you know, Alex Collins did not do much for me. I had Mac. Mac didn't do – but you know who kills me is A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is killing me right now, and that's the, that's the big one. If, if I could just get A.J. Brown to do something, it would have been great. But, yeah, it doesn't look good. Unfortunately, I think he's going to have some – I don't know. Daniel Jones and Fournette tonight don't do anything. Could, could be the case. Could be the case. We'll see. We'll see soon enough. We have like, uh, what, an hour before the game starts. So we'll be yeah. there Be there shortly. So uh, if you are tuning in, we are going to recap week 10, but we're not just going to read off what happened. We have some topics that uh, will be important moving forward for the rest of the season. So a little bit of a reflection and then looking forward here. Um, easy, easy up on the deck game, says Kenny. I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I can say that. I, yeah, I you, do, you do have the pass. You do have the pass. Um, as always, this podcast is partnered up with the Fantasy Points Media Group, one-stop shop for everything fantasy-related, whatever you're looking for, projections, rankings, advanced stats, articles, streams. It's all in one spot. They have a discount on the site already, but you can use my promo code for an additional discount, 21WIN10. And again, if you are tuning in, stick with us, reviewing some stuff, looking forward. Let's go. 
no fear to give I feel but I can't forgive I go all in this time Yeah, I won't regret I'll pick the best on trip They don't understand I play to win Yeah, I play to win I play to win Yeah, yeah, I play to win I play to win Oh, play to win I play to win Yeah, yeah, I play to win I play to win All right, Kevin, let's talk about some some good things first. All right, so which performance from Week 10 do you think was a sign for a jump in a player's fantasy stock for the rest of the year? So you're looking and saying, hey, this was good, might be good the rest of the way. What's the guy that comes to mind? Yeah, for me, it's Ayuk, right? I feel like it has to be. Uh, you know, he looked pretty good. Again, I know that it was against... It was against the lowly Jaguars, and they're not very good. Uh, so I understand that. But I, I do think that with what he's accomplished, he's kind of come out of that doghouse. I like the targets that you see there. I think as long as that running back situation is kind of in the air. So when we talk about, um, you know, if Mitchell's going to be hurt, I think he'll come back this week. But, hey, that's an injury to the hand. That, that Those things are always kind of touchy. I think Debo is going to play a lot more running back. So that's going to open up targets for Ayuk, especially the wide receiver position. Uh, you're going to see he's very efficient, seven for seven, seven receptions, seven targets, 85 yards, a touchdown. I like that. And, again, he put up the numbers that you used to seeing last year, 21 points. Now, that means in three weeks he's had 18 points and 21-point games. I, I like that. I know that in between there he didn't do very well. Um, but that was a different game script. So I like that. I, I think that we're going to start seeing him actually hit his value at what we had preseason. And another good sign here is uh, through eight weeks of football, he never was above 45 receiving yards. And now two out of the three last games, weeks nine through 11, he's had 89 and 85. So that's another good sign. Um, obviously, that attributes to his overall fantasy production for the week. And the targets are there. So a lot of good signs. And it's good to see him getting it done while other guys are on the field because yeah. we, we've heard the narrative before, like, well, what's Ayuk going to be when Debo and Kittle are both healthy? So if he's having weeks like that, I think you have a little bit more of a peace of mind for it um, when it comes to that. My guy that I want to talk about, and it was the coldest, you know, I, uh, it was the coldest thing in his first game when he, you know, took the helmet off and he said, I'm back to the camera in the crowd. That was cool. This game, now he's going to the center logo and he's doing the Superman out there. I mean, he's he's entertaining as hell right now. You have to say that. But he's also been very productive. This uh, His first game that he was involved with, he, uh, he was only on the field, I think, for uh, four attempts and three carries. But if we look at that game of only having, again, three carries, four attempts, uh, passing attempts, combined with this past week where he was the starter, three passing and two rushing touchdowns. So that's five total touchdowns in two games. This game, he, he looked good. He looked good. I don't think he's going to be a guy that um, is going to get, you know, 300 passing yards in an outing, but he's going to be efficient. It looks like uh, 21 for 24, 77.8 with uh, his completion percentage for Cam Newton. Um, he's got the rushing upside. He had another rushing touchdown on this one, 26.16 fantasy points as of right now for the week, QB4. So it could change with tonight if, uh, you know, depending on what Tom Brady and Daniel Jones do. But Cam Newton, if you look at the schedule too, Miami's coming up. Then they hit the bye, but then they have Atlanta, Buffalo, and Tampa. So the only one that I have, you know, a little bit hesitation with is Buffalo, but we've seen Buffalo get exposed recently too. But uh, the, the schedule looks good. He's got the uh, dual threat ability um, upside there, and uh, he's got good weapons around him. I know that's like the 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 – 
common thing to say, but if you look at what he had last year with the Patriots compared to this year of having DJ Moore and CMC, just those two guys are, are levels ahead of what he had last year. So I, I kind of like Cam the rest of the season, even though he's been a guy I haven't really been high on too much the last two years. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, the biggest question I kept getting on Sunday was Cam or Tua, and it kind of worked itself out. It was pretty close uh, back forth. But I do like Cam in terms of just – if he can get the ball to his playmakers, he's going to be fine. And that's the things Darnold wasn't doing. And that was the thing those other guys weren't doing. I mean, look at the targets for DJ Moore. Look what he does with CMC and CMC is still underrated. I don't care what anybody says. People forget how good that guy is. Uh, and so when you're looking at the weapons that he has around him, why can't he get a rushing touchdown? And like, and, and he could probably get three total touchdowns each game or at least two. So especially if you're streaming or you're looking for those guys, I like his down the stretch, like you mentioned, and you know what? This is also helping out his dynasty value. And in my opinion, if I have him in dynasty, and if you are looking for something, I, I you have to wait and get it first. I don't think you can get anything less. And this is the time to capitalize. If you held him in dynasty, congratulations. I know a couple of people dropped him right before he got signed by the Panthers. He looked like a dead <laughs> asset. This is where you go and you grab him, but don't give him up for anything but a first. I think that when we see it, I think he is going to be a QB one towards the end of the season. Like Troy talks about there. I do. I do see the upside there. And if that's the case, you can't sell him for anything less than the first. And then he might even be an asset next year. Who knows? The landscape for quarterbacks is going to be interesting. Uh, I, I counted today 12 teams that are probably going to be either having a different quarterback or a different change. or going to be looking for a different quarterback. The, the draft class coming up, as I know, as I do the Debbie stuff, it's, it's not the greatest quarterback class, probably four first rounders, maybe five. And there's going to be some shuffling. I heard Trubisky's name get thrown out there as a possible starter next year. If Mitch, if Trubisky can get a starter job, Cam can keep his job. And I, and I think that he's going to have some dynasty value next year as well. And I think uh, make a lot of good points. I like the point a lot about the first because, you know, especially in obviously more towards the super flex leagues, if you really have a guy who's a contender and you had Cam and you're a middle of the road team, you're a, a bottom of the level team, this is a guy that you can get a lot of good assets for right now in super flex leagues. Uh, if there's a team out there that sees, hey, look what this guy's done in two games with, with only one true start. He's doing nothing but score touchdowns. He has a good fantasy outing. This could be a guy that could be a championship push sort of quarterback in a super flex league. So if you do have him, you're not selling him for the low. Uh, I'm with Kevin right now and capitalizing, especially if um, you're a guy that's in a, a rebuild, for instance, and, and you're in a super flex league and you have Cam Newton, you don't necessarily you know need him for five years. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, We'll, we'll see. I, I guess it depends one quarterback leagues, who your quarterback is. There's uh, teams and leagues that stream every week. And if he's got a couple of juicy matchups here, he might be a multi-start guy. Um, and, and, and I, I do like, uh, I do like his stock guy. Well, you, you'll like this deal. Cause you love, you love your boys and Robert Woods. Uh, so I, I'm assuming a team that's competing needs a quarterback. So they traded Robert Woods straight up for Cam Newton in a super flex league yesterday. Interesting. Interesting. So you could go get Robert Woods right now. For Cam, I mean, you know, two, two weeks ago, you could get shit for Cam. Maybe $1 blind bid. Like, that's pretty much it. Now you're going to yeah. go out there and get Robert Woods and this stuff. That's what I'm talking about. Don't go get, you know, a third or second, like, the stuff like that. Oh, go. No. Yeah. And and I've seen it. I saw, like, two-thirds in a second go for Cam. No, you get a first, you get an asset. He even got traded with a second. So it was a 2022 second Cam for Elijah Moore, your guy. Oh, if man. You could, if you compare those things, go get Elijah Moore. You have that ceiling. You think he can be that that guy? Go get it. And that is just like, I mean, that is a huge, huge win in a dynasty league. Just being able to like capitalize on who's hot right now, 
could it be hot for two years? Sure. But is it going to help you in the long term? Maybe not, but, but find ways to, to get the deal done. I like that a lot. Um, flip, flip side of the same question, big performance, but we shouldn't overhype it. So they did real good, but let's not get carried away here. What's uh who's the guy that comes to mind for you? Yeah. You know, it's our guy, Darnell uh, Mooney. I, I like Darnell and I think he's done well. Like, and, and I know Christian Williams, he just got shit on by old takes exposed, but he did put out some advanced <laughs> stats. Uh, he got, he got some advanced stats from, uh, from, I think it was PFF or whatever. And Darnell Mooney's had a very solid season. It hasn't been amazing. What we thought a breakout season. I think that has more to do with the offense and kind of what they've looked at. I mean, you know, just as well as I do, you're being a Bears fan, but you know what? He he's he had he had 16 targets uh, yesterday. Did you know that? That is insane. Um, yeah, yeah. That hearing it from a podcast, and and not to cut you off, but I did just get a sleeper notification that Andy Dalton will start on Thursday with Justin Fields uh, having that rib injury. Just as a a, a yeah. timing of the the sleeper notification, but yeah, go go. That's a that's that's unfortunate. Now I, I don't get to watch CD or Justin Fields on Thanksgiving. Or Jared Goff, I don't CD. think your your boy. I don't know yeah. if he's gonna play either. Yeah, man, damn it. Uh, but you know what? Sixteen targets, only five catches, so efficiency wasn't as wide as I see. He did have 121 yards, but we all know that he had that long 60 yard touchdown broken play. I like Mooney, but I think we have to just say, hey, you know, he did have 17 points the week before because he had a touchdown. I think he's excelling to the point where we're like, hey, he could be an asset. But he's still, to me, a wide receiver three, four, not really a guy. Maybe if you have other options, you want to start uh, in, in that area. Yeah, two two really good weeks back-to-back. Uh, as far as uh, I'm looking at scoring in one of my leagues, uh, tw- over 20 points in both of them yeah. for, um, for PPR. But the big thing that you alluded to, and I heard it earlier on another podcast, I think I was listening to like the – fantasy footballers or something they said you know you look at the 16 and that looks really good but then you look at the five and you draw some questions and kind of same as last week he had six targets so you know not nearly as much 10 less but he only caught half of them he caught three of them um and it it seems to kind of be that way you look a couple weeks back five targets he caught two of them I mean it you know I don't know if that's a him thing and I don't sit there and in all honesty I watch the games as a Bears fan but I don't grind grind the tape and you know see if it was him you know uh, him sort of thing or the quarterback, but um, it, it's hard to bank on consistency in this offense. I think that there's been signs that this offense can do certain things. Um, I mean, Mont- Monty's a guy you want to bank on, had a slow week, right? Komet had a really big opportunity this week, had had, had a dud of a week. And, you know, yeah. Allen Robinson's been terrible the entire season, didn't play in this last game, but it's an offense that I, I, I find some – I find some struggles trying to find uh, consistency with, I guess. Uh, two good weeks in a row, but I'm not trading the house for him. No. No, I wouldn't trade the house for him um, yet. But I do like him. Like, I do think he has asset. Yeah. And, like, when we talk about for Dynasty, I know this is kind of a redraft stuff, but I don't care today. So, uh, if you're looking at a Dynasty <laughs> asset, what what is that Bears wide receiver room going to look like? And I think that when we look forward, you know, I think they bring someone in. They'll probably draft somebody. But Mooney's going to be in that rotation. He's got to be in the top two guys next year unless they absolutely overhaul things. I don't think that's going to happen. New offense, yes. But, you know, what? damn, it needs to be, right? Nagy needs to go. Uh, so if we're looking at that, that perspective, I like him next year. But this year, I think we temper expectations. He did have two over 20. Good for him. Uh, but you got to be concerned. And Andy Dalton, I, I don't trust Andy Dalton. And you know from experience from uh, from last season with I, your Cowboys, I, and and now, yes. now I'm getting a, a good taste on Thanksgiving of Andy Dalton. So I'm, I'm gonna make drink. 
Yeah, I, I know. I'm going to have to text my entire family and say, hey, just so you guys know, while we're watching the game, you know, our home team, we got Andy this week. So uh, <laughs> that'll be interesting. My, my guy might get some pushback a little bit because I, I know he's really talented, right? And uh, he, he's shown some good things this season. Mine's Rondale Moore. And, and what's really good, what's really good, 11 targets. So we're kind of the opposite of what we said about Darnell Mooney. 11 targets, he caught all 11 of them. He had 16.1 mm-hmm. fantasy points. He had a, a really good game. I have so many issues, though, with, with the Rondale Moore stock right now. And I think he's a great dynasty player because it's a good offense. He's tied to a good quarterback. There are some aging wide receivers in that room. I think he's a good dynasty player, but I, I have issues having faith right now in redraft because here's here's a list here. First time in five games he scored above 7.5 fantasy points. So I know it's a good week, but another one, there was no Hopkins in, in this game. I mean, that added to his stock. And as I add on to that, the last two weeks, his snap percentage has been 33% and 39%. So there's no Hopkins out there, and he's still not on the field enough. So he did have 11 targets. That's great. He caught 11 of them. That's that's good as well. Um, But another issue that I have as I continue down my list here, the opening two games, he had nice yardage, 68 and 114 receiving yards. Weeks 3 through 11, he has yet to hit 60 receiving yards. So he had 11 catches in this game for 51 yards. So he's going nowhere on the field with these catches. Uh, and, and the last thing is Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz. These guys also have big days sporadically. So it's hard to yeah. trust that Rondale Moore with the lack of yardage, the lack of him being on the field, um, and, and the, the lack of consistency as far as everybody goes. I'm, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. So I know it's a good week. Maybe you can say he should be rostered, but I don't have a lot of faith just seeing how many bad games he's had. Yeah, and you know what? With Hopkins coming at some point, he's got to come back. Like, there's a lot of things going on in that offense that we not we don't have to like a little bit. I like more, but he's got a weird Colt following. Uh, it's kind of like the LaVisca Colt out there. And I think that when we look at like those guys, then we got to limit our expectations for these guys. Uh, but more, I've never actually. I have no Rondell Moore, so and I'm in a lot of leagues. Like I just never bought into the hype with him, uh, and and I don't think that he has that much value this season. I definitely don't think he has much dynasty value. Yeah. See, see, you're going, you're going down the dynasty path there too. So you're, you're, you're saying both. You're saying both. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm out. He's, I'm he's out. a guy you, you, you've evaluated, I'm sure, a, a ton in your, uh, through your Devi work, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm just the way I look at guys like him is like I, it's not worth the risk to me. It's a reason why I won't like take Drake London from USC because I know what's going to happen. He's going to get he's going to get built up, and it's just going to be like, hey, I don't want to grab him. And there are two different profiles: London's six five, Rondale's five two. I'm just kidding, but Rondale, you know, he's smaller. He's going to have those areas there. There's guys that like when I go into rookie drafts and I look. There's guys I don't mind missing because the hit rate on them are so low, under 10%, under 15%, that if I miss on a guy like that, that's okay. I'll take the higher hit rate and hope that that he's going to do well for my, my dynasty teams. It's why I have no Jalen Rieger. I looked at him the same way. I, I didn't like Rieger coming out. I said, hey, that hit rate is very, very is hard. He was going at the end of the first sometimes. I took Justin Jefferson ahead of Rieger in pretty much all of my rookie drafts, and that's worked out for me because I, I believe in the profile and believe in my process. All right. So moving moving forward, we talked about big performances and, and you know being – Hyped up or not hyped up about it. Now let's go. Let's go on the opposite end here with the uh, with the bad performances. I, I typically, on a weekly basis, 
have a series of guys I, I list out and I said, here are some of your bad performances. And there was plenty this week. Um, but who to you is a guy that had a bad game, but you're not worried about? Because I, I have to ask this question all the time and I uh, appreciate everybody in the uh, the comments here. I forgot to play some of them, but it uh, looks like people on Facebook and YouTube are tuning in. Hopefully Twitter sorts it out and we can actually see the Twitter comments one of these days. But <laughs> back, back, back to it, back to it. Uh, a lot of people go too far sometimes with a bad performance. People think that uh, they need to now sell this guy. They need to drop certain players. They should trade them away. They should bench them. Other people will say, you know, that they happen. So it's good to, to evaluate in the proper way uh, bad performances. So what's a bad performance from this last week, Kevin, that you're, you're not worried about it? They had a bad game. You don't care, though. Yeah, I'm going to go Gallup, Michael Gallup. He came back from his injury. Everybody kind of assumed he was going to be there. Cooper went out, and then CD went out. And then that 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 performance had more to do with the offensive line issues and also the other issues that we've seen from Dak. Dak they just didn't have a very good game. So if we're going to talk about it, it is what it is. I think Gallup's going to be just fine. I don't mind giving up a 2022 20, second for Gallup. I believe it is dynasty value, but also the rest of the season. Uh, CD is is not out technically Thursday, but there is not a lot of optimism from what I heard. He's in the concussion protocol. Uh, they'll probably know by tomorrow, I'm assuming, or, or yeah. early Wednesday. But I don't know. And if that's the case, you got to fire up Gallup again against a very juicy massive with the Raiders. Uh, so if, if I can do that, I believe in Gallup moving forward, especially this season. Uh, the injuries are kind of there. And Cedric Wilson played well. But if, as we saw, Cedric Wilson is a, is a product of his environment. Uh, the guys around him and everything there. Cedric Wilson is not that good of a wide receiver. Uh, he's just good for what was around him and, and the weapons around him. Gallup can do the same thing, but Gallup's a legit wide receiver too in the NFL. So that's where I have him valued. And with, with Gallup, uh, I think, again, you know, heavy off week, but he is a must start. He is the wide receiver one, right? Going into Thursday, if, if both if both guys, I mean, he, he's yeah. be that guy. Here, here's an interesting question because you know I'm a guy that I look at the the box scores and I look at the the fantasy points of every single team, but I don't you know get enough individual game time uh, to see things all the time. I see clips and highlights in the red zone stuff, um, and I try to catch back later. But what was up with the Cowboys line against the Chiefs? Because the Chiefs don't come up, you know, they don't come off as a team that you know, gets to the quarterback a ton unless I'm missing something. But it seemed like this offense just struggled. I mean, Dak had a really bad game, and it seemed like he didn't have time in the pocket. So I think that that kind of had something to do with Gallup's performance because he did have 10 targets, five catches on it, though. But that's what I kept seeing is that, like, Dak was getting, you know, bull rushed in this game against the Chiefs, which was weird. Yeah, I think a couple other things. Like, they had to move uh, their guard, you know, Connor McGovern over in for Connor Williams. They had that. Smith, obviously, you know, when we talk about what Smith was there, left tackle was going to be out. So, when we look at him. And, I mean, that's that's the big one, I think, you know, with Smith being gone, he plays a very valuable role there. We couldn't establish anything on the ground either. Uh, and it, I think it just kind of culmination of areas. And I will say this. I'm very – I like Kellen more, but I can be critical of him too at times because I feel like – his play calling gets a little too cute. And I do think that when you're looking at what uh, Kellen Moore likes to do is I think sometimes less is more with our play calling. And yeah. he, he does try to do different formations. You'll see it kind of. And, and I don't like that. I like when he keeps it simple. Uh, I think Pollard needs to be used a little bit more. But I will say this. I talked about this morning. I think Tony Pollard is going to get moved around. If CD is out too, I especially I don't mind playing Pollard in my flex 
I know he didn't have a very good game, but they're going to have to get their ball into their weapons. And I think that's, he's a, he's a good weapon for them. So look for him to kind of get moved around a slot a little bit, more of a receiving option. It would not shock me if CD was out for Pollard to get like eight to 10 targets. I think that makes more sense than grabbing the fifth guy, you know, on the depth chart and throwing him out there. I mean, if, if Pollard can operate in the slot or do some end arounds and, and be used a little bit more creatively, I think that's more in their favor just because yeah. you know, he's a talented guy and he's a guy that's been on the field a lot more than those other guys uh, throughout the last two, two uh, seasons here. Um, a guy that comes to mind for me and, you know, I, I try to, I try to mix up takes a little bit and, and not just speak on the same guys all the time. So, for this, this is a guy I've never been super high on. I've never been super high on. And I'm not even saying that he's going to be, you know, an absolute stud rest of season. But seeing Miles Sanders come back and he scored 7.4 fantasy points, I think the general outlook or the general statement might follow and say, well, that's uh, he, he's back, but look what he's done, you know. Uh, but I thought it was I thought there were some good signs here because you had three guys previously, right, between Howard, Scott, and Gainwell, who Gainwell didn't even suit up in this one, who were all getting tons of work. And even though uh, I think Scott and Howard combined for I think sixteen carries as well, yeah. seeing that Miles Sanders just came back and he got sixteen carries, which was his season high. So in all the games he was healthy before the season. He never had 16 carries, so he came back from injury and got 16 carries right away for 94 yards against a New Orleans defense that is pretty good against the run. He had 5.9 yards per uh, night, 5.9 yards per carry. So that to me, that's a good sign. And another good sign is the schedule. So the Giants, the Jets, by Washington, Giants, Washington, and we can look and say, well, this team is decent against the run, and this team is middle of the pack against the run. All I see is a bunch of of teams that the Eagles can beat. When I see teams that the Eagles can beat, in my opinion, I think that that means that they can use the run game more instead of having Jalen Hurts throw the ball a lot more than they want to. So I think if if this is a schedule coming up that they can build some leads in, if they do catch some consistency and catch some fire, I think we can see a lot more Miles Sanders uh, days where he's getting 16-plus touches. And to me, that means a lot in fantasy. And I personally got him for free in a keeper league because somebody dropped him a couple weeks ago. And uh, I'm not going to say he's going to be the, you know, a top 10 RB one, uh, you know, RB the rest of the way, but a lot of good signs for me. You know, I, I, I like miles. You know what? If you watch that game, which unfortunately I was watching, even though I don't like the Eagles, uh, he should have had two touchdowns. He, he definitely, he got stuffed in the goal line again. And then he had that fumble and put him in the doghouse and yeah. that, that definitely hurt him. But if he didn't, and if you made that one catch on the sideline, we were talking about like, Oh my God, everybody's on him again. Uh, and I do think that when we saw that value that was going to be there, I believe Jordan Howard's out too. So he's going to miss week 12. Oh yeah. Yep. So if Jordan Howard's out, you know, you can't just rely on what he's done. Again, we'll got it. Like you said, inactive Boston Scott will be there. Miles Sanders is going to be the guy again. And I think that right now he's still a good buy in every format, uh, especially there. And I, and I know some guys were talking about how they picked him up off waivers last week and redraft. So if you can do that right now, uh, that is a good sign. And I, I do think moving forward with, I can't believe I said Jordan Howard being injured helps Sanders, which <laughs> is like a 2019 take, yep. uh, but here we are. And so I do think it helps. And, and, and so give me Sanders. I think rest of the season is a good play. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a Sanders guy like you either. I, I never really have been. I just look at the matchups and say, okay, Hey, yep. based on what's going on, how can we do that? I think he's a good play. And I like, I like that idea of him, especially 
he's got a good 15, 16, 17 weeks. And that's, that's kind of what you're looking for. If you're a contender, he's not that expensive right now. You can go grab him. All right. So on the, the flip side here, so we said bad performance. We're not concerned though. Uh, let's go on the opposite, opposite end there. So bad performance, but you are concerned maybe rest of the season or you're concerned the next couple of weeks, whatever the case is. Well, who's the guy that comes to mind? Josh Jacobs, man. I'm, I'm concerned about Josh Jacobs. You know, when we look at that whole, I don't know how much we can take into account the Raiders being just, I don't know. We had racism. Uh, we had murder. Uh, we had a lot of stuff going on in that, on that Raiders roster. I just don't, there's a lot of turnover. People forget that Jacobs is only 23. He's still young. Uh, so I do still like Jacobs, but he, you know, was, it was hurt at the beginning of the year. Still not getting a, He's getting a little bit more targets, so that is kind of impressive. So he got seven last week, but he only had 24 yards. So when you're looking at that, you're like, oh, what is going on here? 11 points fantasy. Again, he's not rushing the ball very much. He still has not. He's only had – out of barely, he's had 10 attempts in four out of the seven games that he's played, I believe. Hold on. One, two, three. Yeah, I can't count. Eight games. But still, you know, the last two games, because the game scripts and everything that's there – He's only had seven to nine attempts. Now, he had a little bit more targets because the game scripts are so bad, but he's still not producing what you'd like to produce. And and he did well at the beginning, but I, I don't I don't hate him. I just think that we got to be a little bit worried going forward. They're going to change their new regime. So next year for Dynasty, yes. Redraft this week. I mean, they're playing Washington, Kansas City, Cleveland, Denver to kind of finish down Dallas. Those are some tough matchups as well. Um, I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about Jacobs. I don't necessarily know where he's at. I think you, you have to start him probably depending on what your rosters are like right now, especially with the running back position. But I will say some running backs coming back. We saw CEH come back. You're going to get Hunt coming back. You're going to see some guys coming back now where he might be expendable to where you don't have to actually start him on your leagues. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the signs that we, we thought we'd see would, uh, you know, beginning of the season, we would say like Jacobs, if only he got the, the passing work. And now you had Ken and Drake and, uh, we're saying like the opposite. He's getting a little bit of passing work now, two games of five, five catches. He's not, you know, going for a ton of yardage in them, but he's not getting the carries. You know, I think we expected, you know, the opposite of that, getting a bunch of carries and no receptions. So uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that one stays and the other one changes. So what stays <laughs> is these five catch yeah. games and then he, he gets a bump in carries, but yeah, the, the total touches are, are not what you expect out of a, a RB1 for a team. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the Raiders' offense is is kind of hard to predict at times. Uh, we just saw two weeks ago uh, Brian Edwards had a really nice game, and now he, I think he just laid another goose egg for, like, the second time uh, this season. And yeah, one carry, baby. One carry by oh, Brian Edwards. There you go. For negative yards, or was it just no yards? Or I don't think it was any yards, actually. Oh, I think yeah. it was just one carry. He had, he had zero, so I, I mean, I didn't even know he had a carry because I'm just looking at that, that goose egg again. But Jacob's super up and down the season. I mean, we yeah. last season we saw a handful of games with 20-plus fantasy points, I'm pretty sure. And, and this year, 17 points has been his, his max so far, and that was week one. He's been floating around the 10 to 15 point range. And uh, this is another game that's had 11 fantasy points. So uh, I'm kind of struggling to see the upside. So unless the carries get a good bump and we see like weeks five and six, 15 and 16 carries, and then he gets those five catches, then maybe we're more comfortable. But uh, like you're saying, if you got a handful of options, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I know on one team, not to go on a, a rant here. I know on one team, I'm really trying to make a playoff push for it's like one of my worst leagues i have jonathan taylor deandre swift and then i have 
Jeff Wilson Jr., who I guess I don't know, you know, how that's going to go. Josh Jacobs, <laughs> Miles Sanders, uh, Javante Williams. Maybe I'm taking a stab at a wide receiver instead of plugging in Miles Sanders if I have JT and Swift. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's just a tough option. I mean, a lot of guys probably drafted him right now. Well, he's probably people's running backs three, two, depending on. He yeah. was pretty low as his ADP, so it's not like it's a total loss. But, again, yeah. you're looking at a guy, if you're the running back one on a roster, you should be getting tons of touches, right? 20, yep. 25. He's just not getting that. So uh, I forget who it is. It's, it's, it's someone probably way smarter than me. But they say, hey, touches lead to fantasy points. If you can't, if he can't, if he can, you know, have those touches there. And they're going to be in some negative game scripts. And Carr's been ass, too. Like, Carr has not been good. He's not been yeah. efficient. That They don't have receivers out there. They don't have weapons, and that offensive line's banged up too. So again, a lot of reasons why I'm a little worried about Jacobs. So my my guy, and you know, I'm not going to say he won't have a good game, you know, here on out or anything like that. I'm just saying I'm really concerned, and it's Russell Wilson. And and I mm-hmm. I dropped a stat, and I don't have it in front of me, but I I looked in the last time that Russell Wilson had under ten fantasy points in back to back games was back in 2017 and I had the the marks. I don't know, it was under 15 or something something like that. The last time he had the the point is the last time he had back-to-back bad games was 2017. So I said on Twitter I think this has got to be a bounce back because Russell Wilson just doesn't have back-to-back terrible fantasy days and uh he did. He did. He had another bad day. And if we look at, you know, how he looks in these games, back-to-back games 50 and 53.8 completion percentage. Zero touchdowns in either of these two games through the air that he's returned from injury from Uh, under nine fantasy points in both, which is a burner for the quarterback position. Your quarterback cannot score under 10 points in fantasy. That kills your team. (laughs) I had Dak in a league and I had Mahomes uh, in the same league. Actually, I was in a super flex league. Uh, Commissioner Breeze, my guy, he runs a league. I have Mahomes in in Dak and they both scored under 10 points. I'm pretty sure. And I, I lost because that's one of the most solidified usual points is your quarterback scoring somewhere between maybe 15 and, and 22 points. I, I would say there's some sort of medium average. Uh, we could say with Russell Wilson, you know, the Green Bay defense has been decent this year. Arizona defense has been decent this year. So did he just play two decent defenses and had a bad day coming back from injury? My concern is that he came back too soon. He came back too soon from this injury, from the surgery, and, he, and he's not himself. And, and for me, seeing back-to-back games under nine fantasy points, why do I plug him into my lineup next week? I know he's Russell Wilson and he's a great football player, but what 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 faith do I have? So it's funny you say this because I actually said he's my bounce back guy this week uh, with Jake with Jacob earlier, but only yeah. because you're exactly right. What I said was, and I talked about this a few weeks ago. I thought he was going to come back this game. I figured he was going to have the bye two weeks. He'd have off. I think they were rushing him because they wanted to make the playoffs and be compete. But we all kind of know where that roster's at. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, uh, especially when you you know you paid Jamal Adams or you traded for him and gave up all your picks. That was a bad move. Uh, but I don't like when it, this is the week I thought he'd come back. Now it doesn't seem like he's had any setbacks with that injury, so maybe this week is the week that he has that. That hey, here we go. This is the game. This is where I'm at. The, but the you no, know, the real problem with not even Russ, it's the freaking offense. How do you give Alice Collins and and those guys that many carries? Like I don't understand. He's like bad. And I hate saying this because it's so stupid, but like you got to let Russ cook, right? Like at a certain point, like you really got to let him throw the ball and move. And that, that's your best assets and your best weapons are what? Your receivers, Lockett, Metcalf, even Everett had an okay game the other day. Like those are where those targets should be going, not to Alex Dam Collins. You got to move it. But 
I, I really feel like Pete Carroll stuck in his old ways of running the ball and kind of doing those things. And it just doesn't work anymore. Uh, but I am, I'm nervous as hell too. Like he's my, I would say this, he's my sneaky start set. So it's not like I'm confident in him this week. Uh, but I will say like, yeah, it's nerve wracking going into us. And then when do they shut him down too? Because if they're not going to be competing, when does he shut himself down? I don't know if he would because he's such a competitor out here doing yeah. two minute drives when he's injured. Uh, but I would say like, if they're not healthy and they're not doing those things, they I mean, might shut them down early and, you know, he could find himself on another team. So why would he want to get hurt? Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you know, you mentioned Collins. I, I feel like if, if their running game, if their running game looked decent right now, may, maybe, maybe, you know, Russell Wilson would see more opportunities and more openings on the offense for the passing game. But Alex Collins has been terrible. The one, terrible. two, three, four games in a row. Just from a fantasy perspective, he hasn't scored six fantasy points, but he's getting 16 carries. He's getting 11 touches here. He's getting another game with uh, actually three straight games with 10 carries. And then before that, he had 17 total touches. This guy's terrible. Uh, but yeah, the offense doesn't look too good. Um, I'm against Washington coming up. You know, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying here to bench Russell Wilson necessarily. Uh, I mean, it depends who you have. I just I'm a little iffy about it just because we're seeing we're seeing things that don't look super rust right now with the completion yeah. percentage and the lack of touchdowns. But uh, time will tell. Um, I wouldn't be surprised either, though, with that. Uh, if if there's talks about being shut down, I'm sure he would push back and they don't want to make him unhappy if he might not be a Seahawk in the future. But we'll see. I will, you know, it's funny that you said that your stack you had. I have so much Dak Russell stack everywhere in my Superflex leagues. Oh, so man. let me tell you, I had a rough day yesterday. Oh, have, yeah. you, have you ever had a league where, like, you know all your guys and you had looked at your opponent's roster and you know who he was playing and you're just like, you know what? I'm not even going to look because I know I got my ass kicked. So I'm just going to look at the loss and just move on because that's one of my leagues. I know I just got destroyed. So I haven't even looked at the score yet. I'm just going to look tomorrow when I lost and then I'm just going to move on. Once in a blue moon, though, you'll you'll look and that guy had a shit week, too. And then you're, yeah. you're happy for the next couple of days. But uh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you with that. I, I got a guy I threw on this list because I didn't know where to put him. Because I'm a little, I'm a little confused right now, uh, a little bit. I think he's talented too. I, I like him. Uh, I think his ceiling uh, last year, and then I'm not even gonna say this year, but last year we saw a good ceiling with him. Uh, he's a sophomore, and I don't know where to put him because he had a bad performance. But I don't know if I should be concerned or shouldn't be concerned. But it's T. Higgins. So T. Higgins, yeah. two catches on three targets for 15 yards. And that's not a usual T Higgins game because he usually gets some decent targets. I think at one point he was leading the Bengals for uh, targets per game at, at one point during this year, obviously Chase is the, the best fantasy option there, but uh, Chase and Boyd had better days uh, in this, this game, this, this past week, uh, the last three games before this, he's floated around in the 13 point range. So 13 fantasy points doesn't kill your team, but it's not really what we expect out of T Higgins who we think, could do more because we've seen a lot more last year out of him. Uh, again, like I said, the targets have been pretty good through the year, but uh, I think he's a guy that what we thought his ceiling was is really not there right now because he's just pretty okay. He's just pretty okay. Uh, should we should we be concerned or should we not be concerned about T. Higgins? So I think it's more about the Rams' offense, uh, and the reason why I say that is because I believe that they're or actually not the Rams. What am I talking about? Uh, I was going to let you go. I was going to let you go and have the a crack, off, crack the, the, Bang, the Bengals' offense, like because when I when I was looking at the numbers, that's what I was trying to look up, and I saw the Rams. the The Bengals' offense is one of the last, least in leagues for you know 
passing plays, but also plays per game. And when you're looking at their offensive, you know, efficiency, it just hasn't been there. They're just not running enough plays. And so they're not running enough plays for Chase. They're not running enough plays for Higgins. Boyd, I mean, Boyd had an okay game the other day. I know you and me both like Boyd. Uh, He had an okay game. Mixon's, Mixon's doing better, too. So I do think that they're they're using that their their offense a little bit differently too. They they are relying on him. I think makes that twenty three carries yesterday somewhere around there. So I know he had those carries that we saw. So I just think it's more about what they're doing in that offense where they're not throwing the ball as much. I think it's part of Burrow. I think they're trying to get the ball quick. They're using the run game a little bit more. So Higgins is going to take a back seat some games. I don't think he's an automatic start all the time, depending on what your roster looks like. I still believe it is talent, but I think that we have to temper our expectations based on that offensive output and what they're doing there. Yeah, he just, he just to me seems like uh, he seems like a. I mean, this was a bad game, and that's a yes. good point about the uh, the the amount of uh, plays that they're running because that definitely has an impact. And there's been times where they have some bigger plays they don't need to, and it can do with just how the game's panning out too. But uh, I mean, I, I I guess he's a safe play because a lot of his games are around the same range. He opened up yeah. the season fifteen point eight and sixteen, which. I'll take that all day for wide receiver. I mean, it's not maybe, you know, a crazy, crazy game like a guy we'll talk about soon, but um, he seems he seems like a safer play than a guy that's going to win you a week, I guess, right now. But. Yeah, I mean, I do think so. And I think it just it happens in game script. I mean, again, they have those long drives but they're doing it through the ground. And so, and then obviously we know that Chase is an alpha, like an alpha alpha. That guy, he, yeah. he's going to command the Absolutely. ball. So everything takes it away. I think it's taken away from Higgins right now. And, and again, if he doesn't create that separation, that's the he doesn't. He's not in the game flow. And Boyd is a serviceable wide receiver too. Oh yeah. Like so, yep. so you know Boyd can get open. So he's going to take away targets as well. So I think it's more of a combination of all of that stuff: offensive output, offensive plays uh, per game. You're looking at Chase being an alpha. You're looking at Boyd being a, a very solid wide receiver. So I think for fantasy purposes. He's not that guy that we'd like because of they're a better football team with what they're running right now, which is not necessarily the greatest thing for us. All right. So uh, recapping good and bad. Now let's recap uh, a performance that might have uh, made a guy the number one waiver priority. So we, we go through on a weekly basis and we make our waiver claims. And there's usually one to three guys, I'd say, that are massive Everybody's trying to throw their fab on uh, or they're trying to uh, uh, jump on and, and add them to their team based on the waiver priority. But uh, I have to ask, and I already call, you know, I, I had to traditionally call dibs on, on this player, but I, I have to ask who who's may, maybe he's not your number one, but maybe he's just somebody that comes to mind. That's a guy that you need to go and get on the waiver wire following this week. That is rostered under 50% in, in leagues here. Yeah, I'm going to go out of limb here, uh, and I'm going to take Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the Packers. And okay. the reason why is Alan Lazard looked like he hurt his shoulder last week. And I don't know how – again, we're doing this on a Monday. I don't know when we're going to find out what that injury looks like. But yeah. if he's out, you're looking at it. Hey, you know what? He had four catches. He had a team-high 10 targets, Marquez did. 123 yards and a touchdown. I would like more efficiency, kind of like what we talked about with Mooney. But if – you know, he's got big playability. He's got the Rams next week. But – if Jalen's going to blanket Devontae, 
if Marquez is going to get tons of the targets. And if we're yeah. going to look at that and we get, Ramsey's definitely going to probably blank at Devontae Adams. And if at Lazard is hurt, look for MVS to actually get those targets. You can see a 10, 12, a target game again, and he's got big play explosiveness. Like that. He does have that ability. It's not amazing. Uh, and so, but it can be doable. And so I think he's a good ad right now, especially in some dyna, deep, deeper dynasty leagues too. You could grab this guy off waivers. I like it a lot. I think he he's a must-add this week. And I think we're always looking for, you know, who's the next guy up in the Packers offense. And we, we look at the team, and they lost Robert Tunyon, obviously, this yeah. year uh, with the ACL, and he was a big part of the offense. And uh, A.J. Dillon's filling, uh, filling in for Aaron Jones, but I don't think A.J. Dillon's nearly as good as a pass catcher as Aaron Jones is. And Aaron Rodgers actually threw the ball a ton to Aaron Jones. So we're always looking for that guy to step up. And MVS, 10 targets. I think we've said it before. Uh, it's, it's different quarterback to quarterback. So if we say, you know, this guy got, we mentioned Cam Newton earlier, this guy got 10 targets from Cam Newton. That's very different than 10 targets from Aaron Rodgers. So when you see yeah. a guy get 10 targets from Aaron Rodgers, that's a huge sign. And MVS, we saw, you know, week three, he only had three catches, but he had 59 yards on it for 14.9 fantasy points. So he doesn't, this guy doesn't have to have, uh, my dogs are going crazy downstairs. Someone's breaking in or my wife's home. It's one of the two. But uh, this guy doesn't have to have, you know, eight targets. Uh, I'm sorry, eight catches to have an effective game. He's a guy that can take it to the house. He can uh, have two plays that go for 100 yards. So I, I do like that a lot. And uh, we talked about, you know, T. Higgins. You're not, I'm not saying to start MBS over T. Higgins, but it's two different guys. We said yeah. one guy might be safe. You know, he's going to get you your 13 points, but this other guy might give you five or he might give you 22 like he did this week so i, I like that ad a lot um i gotta talk right, I mean, let's talk about your boy let's, yeah, let's, this is this is all you right here in all honesty like it, it's uh it's like the kid that's like knows he has to eat dinner you know and he, he, he's eating through his dinner and then they're like fine you can have the ice cream now and then he's like all excited and that's me right now because i i i i have to talk about him i have to talk about him 40.8 percent rostered elijah moore elijah moore 62-yard touchdown in this one. He had eight catches on 11 targets for 141 receiving yards, 29.6 fantasy points. Weeks 8 through 11, he's had two games above 27 fantasy points. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't want to get crazy, and you know you can always skew stats in certain degrees, but at the same time, the stats don't lie. But weeks 8 through 11, he's the wide receiver one in fantasy, and he's yeah. on waivers. He's the wide receiver one in fantasy. Uh, what's the best way for a player to progress is for him to be on the field getting touches. And I think that the coaching staff knows this. I think that it's going to be a big part of their game plan the rest of the season to give him work because they know that they have a very, very talented wide receiver. And the best way to make him even more NFL effective is to get him more involved. And he had his highest uh, snap percentage since week two in this one. So 67% of the snaps, that's a good sign. I like Elijah Moore a lot. The only thing that makes me worried is Zach Wilson. And I and I I don't want to say Zach Wilson's bad. I'm not saying anything like that. It's just that we've seen Elijah Moore be very, very good with three quarterbacks now in the NFL, and none of them have been Zach Wilson. So that's what I want to see when he comes back. Because them two in preseason, they look great together in preseason. I mean, uh, Elijah Moore was like one of the preseason darlings, but uh He's been amazing, man. He's been amazing. And I, I think he, he's a must add. He's a must add. He is. I, I, I do. I agree with you. Now, I, I said this yesterday in a group chat, in the Debbie Ray Hall group chat, we were talking about players that we either have a lot of and, or we don't. And I said, hey, I actually do have a lot of Elijah Moore. But I said, hopefully this is PG, but I uh, this is not a PG show. But I said, no, I was too not. big of a 
I said I was too big of a pussy to put it out on Twitter and social media because I was I had concerns about him. Like I didn't necessarily like I wasn't one of those guys that was on him early in, in college. I, I I didn't know how well like his role. He was an outside guy that could translate to the slot in college. So I liked that. But then he went to the Jets, and I was like, uh, I hate that yeah. spot. You got Corey. You're gonna have now when you're looking at what they've had. That James Crowder was still there, and so there's a lot of question marks. So I do have Elijah in a few teams, and I'm, I'm happy with it. I think the questions that you bring up are valid. Uh, also, can Joe Flacco continue getting him the ball, which I think he has. I do like that Elijah Moore has produced while everybody's healthy. That besides that, but his receiving core, like there's nothing to say like, oh, well, but like, no, there's no well, but I mean, I guess Denzel Mims isn't healthy, but I don't know if we count him anymore. Uh, so I, I want to say like, when we're looking at from that perspective, I love it. I love that idea. I like Elijah Moore a lot, but again, yes, I have him. Uh, can Zach Wilson be that guy? I don't know. I know your brother loves Zach Wilson because he's been trying to trade for him all the time. <laughs> I, I would say that I... I'm holding on to him for the hope that he's going to figure it out. They rushed him out there too early. This is exactly what he needed to slow the game down, and then he'll be able to come out and, and produce towards the end. For Elijah Moore, for Elijah Moore, I don't want to keep going on rants because I, I, I talk about him too much all the time. But uh, <laughs> Houston and Philly coming up, are you willing to, to to plug him into your flex, or is it more roster dependent on who, who you have? Oh no, dude, he, I'm playing his ass. You kidding me? Like I, that with what he's done, I don't mind throwing him in there and, and and rolling with it. And because you have to, especially with his production, right? Uh, and those are good. Those are fine matchups. But yeah, no, he's a. I think he's a must start. Unless like you have like what two wide receivers and flex. Like I yeah. get that. I play in a lot of leagues that have four wide receiver. Like or basically you play four. I'm definitely starting him in that scenario. But even three, I think he's a must start. Especially with the injuries and everything there, you can't. You you ride it. You got to ride this train. Especially when you see you you see the ceiling. You see two games now out of the last three above twenty seven fantasy points. It's not like you're you're banking, you know, you're looking at Nicole Hardman saying, Well, he he might be able to score twenty seven fantasy points, but you haven't seen it. You've seen it with Elijah Moore. So I think that should give you some confidence. But uh yeah, yeah I'm just I'm I'm happy to see him rolling. Um and I do hope that uh it, it continues. Uh but when it comes to waiver ads. Uh, one topic that doesn't get touched on enough, and we, we probably haven't covered it enough on this show, but we have a few times, but you always got to cut somebody when it comes to picking up people. So who's a player that, that comes to mind? So, you know, a lot of people will have their waiver stuff come out tomorrow. I, I usually drop a, a quick, like two minute video on some waiver pickups. Um, but who's the guy that comes to mind that you might need to cut? Because it's that point of the year and you feel like they really just don't need to be rostered anymore if, uh, in order to make your team progress here for the rest of the year. Yeah, this is our question. And I think this is one area. I'm glad you brought it up because next year I'm going to do a little bit more of this because we, we got to do a better job of saying, hey, who should be cut now? Yeah, like, I think yeah. that's one area that we definitely do. Uh, for me, I don't know if you have already cut him. You should have. Naheem Hines. That dude's dust if Jonathan Taylor is going to be super god. like, And especially if he's going to get the targets in the receiving game. Like, Naheem Hines is the only thing that you were hoping for is to get five, six, seven targets and he scored a touchdown there, maybe a, a goal line touchdown. But it looks like Jonathan Taylor's, you know, he is who he is, right? Uh, and and we know that. So I think Naheem Hines got to be the guy that you definitely should have already cut. If you haven't already, you got to get rid of him uh, because I don't see any value. Unless, you know, Taylor got hurt, but we're going to just never say that out loud again. So, yeah, no. Naheem Hines cut him. It's it's wild because you know the first game of the season, six receptions. He's had six receptions across the last three weeks, so he, yeah. he's he's useless right now because he's not a guy that's going to carry 
carry the ball. And he, he is above 50% roster right now. He's just above 51%, but they are using Jonathan Taylor um, as an all-purpose back. And it's great to see uh, for him because he's not, you know, in, in some sort of weird committee like some people thought he might have still been at the beginning of the season with uh, with Hines taking away the pass-catching role, especially opening up that way. But uh, he's carrying the Colts right now. He's carrying the Colts offense. So uh, they're going to keep rolling with him. And, yeah, Hines, I, I don't I, is he an insurance back? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't see him as a guy that, knock on wood, if Jonathan Taylor – Sat out. We won't say he's injured because we don't ever want to say that. Let's say he had to sit out a, a game for personal reasons. Hines isn't like a, you know, he's going to no. rush the ball for a hundred yards and have six catches. He's just not. Um, my my guy that comes uh, to mind. And before this week, maybe I wouldn't have said it because you know I think if I thought coming into the season, if he gets the passing and the rushing work that he can have you know, some decent weeks, but it's Mike Davis. It's Mike Davis. He's 70.2% yeah. <laughs> rostered. And I, so I want nothing to do with Mike Davis. And we, a lot of people said that this was going to be a Mike Davis week because Patterson was not going to play. So you thought that Mike Davis might get some receiving work and uh, get some carries. Um, I had it last year. I had it last year. Uh, he had, uh, seven games last season on the Carolina Panthers with six plus catches. He doesn't get anywhere near that sort of work with the Falcons. And in a game that we thought he might be able to yeah. take that Patterson pass catching role, he was a dud. He had six total touches in this game. And we said it before you said it uh, yourself that touches equal fantasy points. He had six total touches. Quadri Allison had 11. That to me was the big dagger in the Mike Davis stock that Allison came in with no Patterson and had more touches. He, he did he did come in and have some like bigger gains and I think that they were trying to like feed him a little bit because he was one of the only sparks for this uh, Atlanta offense because they looked terrible um but yeah seven total carries the last two games uh Falcons and Matt Ryan suck right now it's just simple the offense looks terrible and Mike Davis has not been worth rostering this entire season it's just it's it's a fact if you play Mike Davis at any point this season you haven't been happy so I'm fine right now cutting him and I know the running back position is the thinnest right but he hasn't done anything and when people are not even in the system he's still not doing anything no I mean he 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 was the worst pick you could have picked ever like yes. I was out on him before everybody said oh oh you know uh you know looking what he's gonna be he's not he's not that and yeah you 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 could have probably cut him what three weeks ago before we yeah, you could have done yes. that just for the value uh we do have a good question I wanted to make sure we got Daniel's question on here uh he he asked you Nick P2W oh. fantasy play to win is it time to cut P Tim Patrick would you drop him for more and I'm assuming he means Rondo more for Rondo or Elijah? Or Elijah Moore. Maybe Elijah. We were just talking about yeah, Elijah. You're just so talking, Elijah. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you caught the comment. All right. Yeah. All right. That, that is a good question. Uh, would I cut Tim Patrick for Elijah Moore? I would cut Tim Patrick, but I would hope that I, – I feel like Tim Patrick is a guy that still can be rostered. And I know that last game he wasn't great, but two games ago, 18.5 fantasy points. And he's had a couple games – of somewhere between like 12 and 15 this season. So if I had to make the decision, I, I want Elijah more. Uh, but if you don't have to cut Tim Patrick and you can cut somebody else that you're not going to use, may, maybe I go that route. Um, but I don't know. He, he's, he, I guess he's not really a consistent start right now. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you think, Evan? 
I would cut Patrick for a more just because of ceiling. I think that you're going to look at that and I don't Bridgewater's okay. The quarterback plays whatever. I would say like I, I would usually use quarterback play, but then we got freaking uh, Joe Flacco throwing passes to Elijah. But I would say that they've been consistent enough to where we know that he's going to get the ball on the targets. I know that they're probably going to target Elijah. I don't know if they're going to target Patrick. He's such hit and miss. So to me, it's higher ceiling. Go after more, grab more, and and go for it and go for a win. But I I play fantasy a lot different than some people. Yeah. I'm a go for broke guy. So like yeah. I hey, I will roll and try to get 20 and if I get 0, I try. Like that's kind of how yeah. I play and it, and I and it's successful sometimes. Sometimes you get a little burn, but I would take more of that deal. Got another question. I'm glad you pointed out that we have some questions. Really appreciate that. Uh Kenny asks, non-keeper league, would you drop Justin Fields? I'll, I'll let you go first on, on this one. Would you drop yeah. Justin Fields? Yeah. Yeah. I would I think it's I think it's okay to drop Fields, depending on that. With well, that injuries there, Nagy's trash. I don't think Fields has shown as consistently can actually score fantasy points there. Obviously, it depends on what you have, uh, but I, I think if you have a guy in the top fourteen, I think Fields is is safe to drop right now. Yeah, I think um, you know he he obviously weeks uh, eight and nine was the QB three across those two weeks, and he was he was really good for fantasy. But right now, he's not going to play on. Uh, Thursday against a good matchup. If you if he was playing on Thursday, I, I'd say m- maybe not, depending on who your other quarterback is. But right now he's just a roster clogger because he's not going to play and he's just sitting on your bench when you can take somebody else that can be more useful for your fantasy team. And in a one quarterback league, you probably you need one quarterback for sure. But your second quarterback, you might just be able to stream. So you might not even need to roster two. But um, the schedule coming up for the Bears is not super friendly for their team because. They play Arizona week 13 and then week 14 Green Bay. And that's two defenses that, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't like say, you know, stream this quarterback if they're playing Arizona or Green Bay. I think it's the opposite. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a good, good question, though. Good question, though. It's unfortunate because he was on fire in fantasy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He was. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap things up here. We got uh, the game starting shortly Buccaneers versus the giants. So good luck. If you need something out of that game, I think we, we, we both do uh, for tonight. So we'll be tuning in Uh, Kevin, anything coming up for you that you want to uh, plug or drop or, you know, what's, what's, what's the move the rest of the week here? Yeah, you know, uh, you can uh, you can check us out, Triple Play Fantasy. Obviously, uh, we have a bunch of stuff on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're, I'll be dropping a Dynasty Trade Target video, hopefully in the morning, uh, so you can check that out. We're, nice. we're doing this on Monday, November 22nd, so looks like the 23rd. I'll probably get it out at some point in the morning, hopefully. If not, it'll be uh, tomorrow night. Awesome, awesome. Be on the lookout for that. And uh, Kevin's individual work and the Triple Play work in general. Great team, great team. Um, I'll drop the my... Waiver video tomorrow, probably a bunch of other random shit throughout the entire week. And then Sunday, uh, Fantasy Points, Extra Points show. Uh, but if you listen live or on iTunes, Spotify, whatever the case is, appreciate you guys. Uh, follow us both on social media. We'll both be super active with our content. Uh, ask us questions throughout the week. We'll, we'll be there to answer. So have a good night, guys. Oh, oh, oh. Enjoy your Thanksgivings, too. There's a Enjoy holiday. Thanksgiving. Yeah, 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 forgot. <laughs>